Captain's Log, Hamus Eve, and I'm not sure how to dictate this, except to start from the beginning. It began early this morning. I was woken up by the Jackalope's early warning system. Captain, please report to the bridge. As I reached over to acknowledge, I felt a weird sensation going on through my body. This is Captain Rabbit. On my way, Commander. Space. It's big. Really big. Mind-bogglingly big. And in it flies a lone starship. Its name, Jackalope. Its mission, to explore strange new garden patches on different worlds, to seek out larger and juicier carrots, to boldly go where no rabbit has gone before. Star Rabbit Tracks. Featuring the voice talents of Alex Gilmore, Bobby Owens, Tom Chalker, David McIver, Stefania Lindenbaum, and Jennifer Ann Scott. Lieutenant Ears, please stand down from alert status. Yes, Captain. Report. What happened? I felt like I was scanned or something after the alarms went off. Like ants crawling over my body. You were, Captain, but not including the ants. Our instruments detected a powerful scan throughout the whole ship, but the source is known to us because of the three humanoid children that came from that planet some time ago. They called it Earth. I detected no abnormalities in the ship's functions. Ever since we were denied our request to return to Overbite for Hamus Day, the crew have been in a slump. Now this happens. Captain Peter Rabbit, you and some of your crew are desperately needed on the planet Earth. I plead with you to help. It will benefit us both. Lieutenant Ears, where's that voice coming from? Unknown, Captain. It is being broadcast throughout the ship. Sir, what about our prime directive of not interfering with other species? Captain Rabbit, I assure you that whatever crew members chosen will be invisible. Except to one, Mr. Charles Dickens, to whom will appear as a ghost, a specter, a spirit. And only when necessary, you will assist Mr. Dickens with a story that needs to be completed within a deadline. A story that will benefit his people as well as yours. I need your answer, Captain. Will you help? Commander Fumper. If we will indeed be invisible to the Earth's inhabitants, I believe we can proceed to help. Mr. McZucker, set a course to the planet Earth in their Milky Way system. Aye, Captain. Setting course for the Milky Way system. How long will it take? Warp 7, it would take 17 days to arrive at the Milky Way galaxy, and more to get to the Earth. Captain Rabbit, that will not be necessary. Captain, my instruments show we are in orbit around Earth. What? It is true, Captain Rabbit. Your jackalope is indeed in orbit over Earth. Also, your instruments will show you that you have traveled back in time to October of their year, 1843. If you wish, I can project your progress on all your ship screens. I would appreciate that. 
Are we going to report this to Hair Command? They are already aware of what is happening, and they agree. They are also aware that you and your crew will be returned to them on the eve of your special Hamus Day. Captain, I'm not receiving any audio signals from the planet. Acknowledged, Lieutenant. Captain Rabbit, when it is time, I will bring you and your crew back to the ship. Now, I have to decide who is needed. Uh, they will all meet you in your transporter room in 30 of your minutes. What should I wear? I will take care of all the attire needed. Just wear your normal uniforms, Captain. And we will provide... Sir, I just received a telepathic message stating that I am to accompany you. Captain, myself as well. Mr. McZucker, you have the bridge. Contact B-Shift to assist you. Hi, Captain. Captain, Dr. Flopsy here. I've just been ordered to report to the transporter room in 29 minutes. What's going on? I believe somebody or something thinks your assistance may be needed. Please meet us there, and we will brief you. Aye, sir. Thank you, Doctor. Captain, out. Mr. McZucker, the bridge is yours. Commander, Lieutenant Ears. This is Acting Captain McZucker. Secondary bridge crew report to bridge. Repeat. Secondary bridge crew report to bridge. I see we all here. Captain Rabbit and crew, each of you will appear as specters, ghosts as some might say. Your attire will be seen as that of the ghosts that you represent. You will appear to Mr. Dickens only, and only when it is necessary. Captain, who just spoke? And what? Uh, Omega, I don't know how, but I guess there's a reason you're needed. Oh, okay. Captain, it is time. It will be 8.15 p.m. their time, and Mr. Dickens is already on one of his nightly walks in London, England. Let me repeat myself. He will only see you in your spirit form and attire, and only when it is time. Captain, why do I look like an old human with chains behind me? Omega, I don't know. But as you can see, Lieutenant Ears looks like a child with long white hair, but her arms are muscular and long. They look like they've been holding the weight of the world on them. I wonder why I am wearing a tunic of white with summer flowers as trim, and holding a branch of fresh green holly which, by the way, smells nice. Lieutenant, there is a very bright light emanating from the crown of your head that is making it almost impossible to see. Could you put that cap you are carrying under your arm on? Sorry, Commander. I guess I am a little bright. Here, is this better? Yes, thank you. I also noticed that Commander Thumper's shroud is a deep black cloth robe that covers his whole body and has a hood that completely covers his face, with only a bony hand protruding from its sleeve. If it wasn't for his voice, I wouldn't have known it was him. And you, Captain, look like a jolly giant. And if I may say so, there seems to be a large torch made to resemble a cornucopia and appears accompanied by a great feast in your left hand. Incredible. But, Doctor, you've not changed. The Doctor is needed in her normal form. This will allow all of you to be grounded to her. This way, I will not lose your image. 
And because if I do, <laughs> you could be stuck in your present form. <laughs> this is just simply a precaution, uh, for she knows what you all looked like before the transformation. Say what? So I am not perfect. <laughs> Close. Uh, so just in case, I can use the images in her memory to set everything right. Well, that's good to know. You do know what I look like, Doctor. Commander, don't be funny. How could I forget those ears? Funny? Me? And there's nothing wrong with my species' ears. I've kind of grown attached to them, or them to me. No disrespect intended, Commander. I wouldn't have you any other way. I was just remembering your previous doctor's notes about your ears. What do Okay, boys. What are we supposed to do next? There is an elderly man with a beard walking up from behind. Uh, he cannot see you yet, but I need all of you to be by his side as we take this journey with him. Captain, this reminds me of that story, um, A Visit by Hamus Ghosts. I believe it was written years ago by a scholar named Bunny Dickens. Didn't you write a play for us a few years ago based on that? You don't In think... this universe, anything is possible, Lieutenant. There could be some similarities as I do get around. <laughs> I need to write something for this coming Christmas, something that most anyone can buy, say for five shillings. I need this story to be affordable to the widest audience. And I only have three months to get it done. This is ridiculous. How in this world am I going to get that accomplished? How can my publisher expect this of me? Captain Rabbit, I need you to whisper to Charles Subconscious to turn left at the next street. But how do I do that? Just whisper in one of these ears. It will hear you without him noticing anything. Ew, an ear. Okay. Charles, turn left at the next corner. I'd better hurry home. Maybe something will come to me. What? I must have taken a wrong turn. This isn't my normal route. I wonder where this leads. Maybe it's a shortcut. This alley is taking Charles to the poor side of London. If this is anything like our story, he grew up in surroundings very similar to this. Look at how the people are dressed, in worn and tattered clothes. Oh my, this area brings me back to my childhood. How I was just twelve years old and my dad was sent to debtor's prison. Because of that I was forced to work to stay alive. Hmm, this is starting to give me an idea. What the... There's a young boy with a cane sitting next to that brick wall. Hey there, young man. What's your name? Tim Cratchit, sir. They call me Tiny Tim. Do you have a father? Yes, sir. He is still at work for a man named Mr. Scrooge. But he barely pays him enough to afford our family food. My dad is Bob Cratchit. A book clerk for the firm of Scrooge and Marley, but Mr. Marley's been dead for seven years. Here. Here's fifteen shillings. You've just given me a great idea. What, sir? Thank you, sir. Bless you. I hope God will bless us all. I'll be back. 
I'll be back. True to his word, he was. Uh, but there is more. You and your crew are not done yet. Keep up with him. Captain, are these chains supposed to be this heavy? Here, uh, let me make those boxes that are attached to the chains float. Ah, thank you. It is not easy being an old man, let alone being the spirit of an old man. And could you tell me why there is something like a bandage wrapped around my head and seems to be holding my jaw up if I had a jaw? May I suggest that you do not unravel that? <laughs> you may not like the outcome. Come on, we need to keep up. Charles is getting away. Hello. I've never noticed this door knocker before, since I always just open the door and walk in. Hmm, another thought. Captain, did we just walk through that solid wood door? Yes, Commander. It shouldn't surprise you. We are ghosts. Captain, we need to find where Mr. Dickens went. Well, in that case, let us just float up to the next level. Which door did he go in? Lieutenant Commander, I have an idea. How about we all pick a door and stick our heads in, see if we can spot him? I would not recommend going into this room, Captain. There may be someone using it. I believe they call it a loo? None here either, Captain. Sir, I found him at a table, writing. Quick, everyone in there. Captain, he has already written the title. He's calling it a Christmas Carol, but it looks like he had already crossed out something else, but I can't read it. Now I have some of the names, but I need something that will scare Mr. Scrooge almost to death. Something to frighten him into changing his ways to respect humanity and to help those that he can. However, I'm so tired I can't keep my eyes open. I'll finish this in the morning. It's time for me to go to bed. Omega, as Charles goes into deep sleep, he will start to dream. And when he does, he will dream that he is Ebenezer Scrooge. And it will be your turn to be the first in his dreams. Captain Rabbit, everyone will visualize what is going on as if through Charles's eyes. You will all take your turn in his dream. When this is over, it will seem like four days has passed. Behold, he is about to start dreaming. Omega, it is time. I will guide each of you through your parts. And now... Yes, I remember you. You are my mentor, Marwin. But what do you want with me? Much. Wait. You look like Marley, but I can see through you. So who are you? Ask me who I was. Okay, I'll play your game. Who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. 
I'm a little confused. Can you sit down and talk? I can. There, does this make you feel better? But I see you still don't believe I'm here. I don't. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your own senses? Would you like me to fart like I used to? No, apparition, please don't fart. Especially so close to the fireplace. Scrooge, why do you doubt your senses? Besides, my fart would be seven years in the making. It has been a while. Mercy. Dreadful ghost of Marley, why do you trouble me? Man of the worldly mind, do you believe in me or not? I do. I must. Or why do spirits walk this earth, and why do you come to me, Marley? It is required that the spirit of man within should walk among his fellow men, and if the spirit does not go forth in life, it is condemned to do so in death. It is doomed to wander. Whoa, me. Why do you wear those chains? I wear these chains that I forged in life. I made them link by link, and I made them of my own free will. I wear them to remind me of my deeds undone. Aid that I could have provided and didn't. I'm sorry, Marley. Be not sorry for me, but the weight and length of yours grows link by link every day. It was as long and as heavy as this seven Christmas Eves ago. You have increased the weight and length much more. Jacob, speak comfort to me. I have none to give. Why did you wait seven years to contact me? The whole time, no rest, no peace, constant torture of remorse. But you were always a good man of business. Business? Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity and mercy were only some additional parts of my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. At this time of year, I suffer the most. I walk through crowds with my eyes turned down, never to raise them to that blessed star which led the wise men to that stable. Hear me, Scrooge, my time is nearly gone. How it is I appear before you in this shape, I may not tell. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance to escape my fate. You will be visited by three spirits. I think not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to stop the path I tread. Couldn't I take them all at once? Captain Rabbit, listen well. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one, and the second on the next night at the same hour, the third upon the following night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Look for me no more, Ebenezer, and remember what has passed tonight. Do you have to leave? You, you want me to follow you to the window? 
Heaven help us, for I see the air filled with phantoms, moaning as they go, each with chains just like Marley's. Some look like the chains are linked to more than one spirit. They must have worked for the government. None were free. Wait, I know some of them. I see. The misery with them all is clearly that they sought to interfere for good in human matters, and now realize they had lost that power forever. Lieutenant Ears, your spirit is needed next. Captain, did you see what I did? Wow, now if I could only fly. Yes, Omega. The voice has, for a better word, telepathically sent the visions to our minds. I believe you did a great job, just like Bunny, what the Dickens wrote. Hmm. Lieutenant Ears, in Dickens' mind, this scenario has moved to the next night. You will appear when the bell hits one. Remember, I will be guiding you, so fear nothing. Who's pulling my bed curtains aside? Your light is so bright I can hardly see you. Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Spirit, your voice is soft and gentle, but who and what are you? I am the ghost of Hamus. I mean, Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. Spirit, could you please put your cap on? What? Would you soon put out with worldly hands the light I give? Is it not enough that you are one of those passion made this cap and forced me, for many, to wear it low upon my brow? All right, so what do you want me to do? Touch my arm and walk with me to the window. Spirit, I'm a mortal and unable to follow if we go out the window. Bear but a touch of my hand there, and you shall be upheld in more than this. We just passed through the wall as if it wasn't there, and now we are... Oh, my. I was bred in this place. I was a boy here. I can feel like I'm being connected with a thousand thoughts and hopes and joys and cares long, long forgotten. Your lips are trembling. And what is that upon your cheek? Do you remember this building and land? Remember it? I can walk the path blindfolded. It's my school. Still, strange to have forgotten it for so many years. Let us go on. I hear boys shouting to each other, and the grounds are full of music and laughter. These are but shadows of the things that have been. They have no consciousness of us. I can hear them all wishing a Merry Christmas, and see them waving goodbye as they go home for the holiday. But what was Christmas to me? What good has it done me? Come, let's go inside. The school is not quite deserted. A solitary child, neglected by his friends, is left there still. I remember this. There I am reading, trying to stay warm near that feeble fire. I wish... I wish... But it's, it's too late now. What is the matter? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, I remember a boy uh, singing a Christmas carol at my doorstep. 
I should like to have given him something, that's all. Let's see another Christmas. I remember this. There, I am walking up and down the same room. Look, towards the door. That's my sister coming in and hugging me. I can remember her saying that she was there to bring me home. Home for good. Home forever and ever. Father is so much kinder than he used to be, she said. It's like heaven. We will have the merriest Christmas time in the world. She was always a delicate creature, whom a breath might have withered, but she had a large heart. So she had. You're right. She died a woman, and had, I think, children. One child. True. Your nephew. Yes. We must now leave but to go to another door. Do you remember this warehouse door? Know it. I was apprenticed here. Let us go in. Why, it's old Fezziwig. Bless his heart. It's Fezziwig alive again. I remember this was the night he called me and Dick Wilkin and said, No more work tonight. He asked us to put up the shutters on the windows, all nine of them. He then had us make lots of room. We moved every movable piece of furniture and boxes, then we swept the floor. We turned the area into a large ballroom. I remember the dancing, cakes, mince pies, cold roast, and plenty of beer. Oh, what a night! When it was all over, me and Dick went to sleep under the counters in the back room. A small matter to make these silly folks so full of gratitude. Small? Why, is it not? He has spent but a few pounds of your mortal money. Three or four, perhaps. The praises that you and Dick are giving Fezziwig and his wife, do they deserve this? It isn't that spirit. He has the power to render us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or burdensome. His power lies in his words and looks and things so slight and insignificant that it is impossible to add and count them up. What then? The happiness he gives is as great as if it cost a fortune. What is the matter? Quick, my time grows short. I should like to be able to say a word or two to Bob Cratchit right now. That's all. Spirit, take me back. Haunt me no more. <laughs> it is time for us to go. But I remember the story. There is a lot more for him to see. He will, as he writes the story. But our time grows short. I must bring in the next spirit. Captain Rabbit, you are needed next as the spirit of Christmas present. Are you ready? I've watched in my mind everything that has gone before. Dr. Flopsy, have you also been informed of our progress? As amazing as it seems, I am, Captain. Good luck. Thank you. I'm ready. As the ones before you, I will help you also. It is now the next night in Dickens' mind. Voice, I seem to be in a different room. It is so. Please hold your horn of plenty a little higher so Scrooge may see it from the next room. He should be coming through the door about now. Scrooge, please enter. Come in and know me better, man. 
I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. I must say, for a ghost, you are a large one with long, dark, brown, curly hair. Have you never seen the likes of me before? Never. Have you never walked with the younger members of my family? My brother's born in these later years. I don't think I have. In fact, I've a great idea not. But I am very old. Do you have many brothers? More than 1,800. A tremendous family to provide for. Spirit, conduct me where you will. I went forth last night on compulsion, and I learned a lesson which is working now. Tonight, if you have a lesson to teach me, let me profit by it. Touch my robe. We have left my room and are now on the street. I can hear church bells. It must be Christmas. Spirit, I notice that as these poor revelers go by, you seem to be sprinkling incense on their dinners from your torch. Is there a particular flavor in what you sprinkle? There is. My own. Would it apply to any kind of dinner on this day? To any kindly given. To a poor one most. Why to a poor one most? Because it needs it most. I wonder, you all the beings in the many worlds around us, should desire to cramp these people's opportunities of innocent enjoyment? I... Would you deprive them of their means of dining every seventh day, often the only day on which they can be said to dine at all? Wouldn't you? I... You seek to close these places on the seventh day, and it comes to the same thing. I seek... Forgive me if I am wrong. It has been done in your name, or at least in that of your family. There are some upon this earth of yours who lay claim to know us, and who do their deeds of passion, pride, ill will, hatred, envy, bigotry and selfishness in our name, who are as strange to us and our kith and kin as if they had never lived. Remember that and charge their doings on themselves, not us. I will. I see we have stopped at my clerk, Bob Cratchit's four-roomed house. Look inside. I see Mrs. Cratchit, Belinda, Master Peter, Martha, and wait, that young man with a cane being carried on Bob's shoulder. That can't be Tiny Tim. I could barely hear, but it sounds like they're just returned from church. Something about Tiny Tim being as good as gold in church, and a Tiny Tim said he hoped the world saw him in church because he was a cripple, and might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. We need to move on, but before we go, listen as your poor clerk gives a toast. What does he say? He said, A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us. And then Tiny Tim said, God bless us, everyone. Spirit, tell me if Tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat in the chimney corner and a crutch without an owner, carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future... The child will die. Oh no, kind spirit, say he will be spared. If the shadows remain unaltered by the future, none other of my race will find him here. What then? 
Didn't you say people had better die then, and decrease the surplus population? Oh, I just heard a toast to my health given by his family. Of all things, this family who I have done little for. Lord, forgive me. Time. What place is this? A place where miners live, who labor in the bowels of the earth, and they know me, see? I hear them all singing, the old and the young, Christmas carols. As do most on this special night, forgetting their pain and forgetting their sorrow, forgetting how poor they are, to lighten each heart and be blessed for what they have. I hear laughter that sounds familiar. It's my nephew. Yes, Scrooge, we have moved now to your nephew's home. I should like to know him. There is nothing in this world more irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humour. He makes all of those around him laugh and have a good time, including your niece by marriage. I remember telling Fred that Christmas was humbug, and I believed it too at the time. I can hear him say that he feels sorry for me, that he couldn't be angry with me, that I suffer from my own ill whims. I understand what he meant now. Again, it is time to leave. Please, wait one more moment. They are lifting up their glasses and wishing me a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Me. We must go. I have taken you to many places, and you have seen so much kindness given to one another. Spirit, as we traveled, I have noticed your hair has been turning gray. Are your lives so short? My life on this globe is very brief. It ends tonight. Tonight? Tonight at midnight. Hark, the time is drawing near. Look here. Oh, man, look here. Look. Look down here. I see a boy and a girl. Yellow, meager, ragged, scowling in their humanity, disfigured. Spirit, are they yours? They are man's and cleave to me. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Beware them both, and all they decree. But most of all, beware this boy, where upon his brow is written doom, unless the writing be erased. Have they no refuge? Or resources? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? I believe you said it. Spirit! Spirit, where have you gone? Captain Rabbit, it is now time to bring in the final spirit. You mean Commander Thumper? Yes. Uh, Commander Thumper, your part is almost a voiceless one, uh, but Scrooge will speak to what is occurring. Why am I here? What is that dark, hooded shape coming towards me? Speak. Speak to me. Why am I still in spirit form? Am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? Are you about to show me shadows of the things that had not yet happened, but will happen in the time before us? Spirit, I see you wish not to, or cannot, speak. But I noticed you lowering your, I believe, head. 
I feel that behind the dusky shroud there were ghostly eyes intensely fixed upon me. Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any other specter I have yet seen. What your purpose is, is to do me good, I know. And as I hope to live to be a better man than I was, I am prepared to bear your company and do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? Uh... Lead on, spirit. The night is waning fast, and it is precious time to me, I know. Lead on, spirit. I see you want me to follow you. Spirit, we are in the heart of the city. These three men, you want me to be near them? I hear one say a man died last night. Why do you want me to continue listening? Uh... Another said that he didn't know what he died of, but he thought that this man would never die. The first said, God knows, and he yawned about it. The other said that he would go to his funeral only if lunch was provided, and then he said, for I must be fed. Now, they are all laughing as they leave. What kind of businessmen are these? Uh... I know these men. They were as well-to-do as I. How extremely uncaring are they for that man that died? Uh... Why do you bring me to this corrupt and smelly part of the city? Where only the drunken, half-naked, ragged, disgusting people do business? You point towards a store that has a gray-haired rascal, nearly 70 years of age, standing in front and smoking a very smelly pipe. I shall go where you are pointing. Wait. Two women and a man just walked through me and went into the store, each carrying a large, heavy bundle. They are laying them in front of the storekeeper and laughing. I can hear the smaller one say, the charwoman will speak first, then she will. Next, the laundress, and finally, the undertaker. One just said, who is the worst for the loss of a few things like these? Not a dead man. Then she said, if he wanted to keep them after he died, he would have had someone look after them, instead of breathing his last breath all by himself, very alone. They each are showing the shopkeeper what they had taken. Even the undertaker, who I believe is showing bed curtains and a blanket. I'm horrified at what I'm hearing and seeing. That poor, despised man. Spirit, I see... I see the case of this unhappy man might be my own. My life tends that way now. Spirit, why bring me here to this dark bedroom where a body lies under the sheet? Why do you want me to remove the cover? Spirit, I understand you, and I would do it if I could, but I have not the power, Spirit. I have not the power. Is there any person in this town? that feels any kind or tender emotions by this man's death. You waved your shroud, spirit, and now we are at Cratchit's. 
I can hear Peter say that his dad walks a little slower than he used to. And his mother just said, I have known him walk with Tiny Tim upon his shoulder very fast indeed. Look, there is Bob Cratchit at the door. He said something about it being Sunday, and that he wished that she could have been with them and see how green the place was now. Now he's crying. Something about my little child, and he repeats it. Spirit, why do you point to another location that has an iron gate, a churchyard? You point to a stone covered with weeds and tall grass. Is this where that man is buried? Spirit, before I draw nearer to that at which you point, do I see shadows of things that will be? Or are these shadows of things that may be only? I'll pull back the weeds to read this poor man's name. My name? Ebenezer Scrooge? No, spirit, no! No, no, spirit, hear me! I am not the man I was. I will not be the man I have been. Why show me this if I have passed all hope? Your nature intercedes for me and pities me. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I would not shut out the lessons they have taught me. Tell me I may sponge away the writing on the stone. Spirit, please, tell me. Spirit, spirit. What happened to you, spirit? Commander Thumper, it is time for you to depart and return to the rest. I hope I have accomplished what you needed from me. I felt like I was playing charades. Thank you, Commander. You all have done well. Charles Dickens will be waking up, and I am confident that he now has enough information to complete his task. <laughs> he will continue his dream and come up with the ending that will make many people, and rabbits, uh, I mean people, uh, happy. Captain, did you hear what he just said? Lieutenant, maybe it was a slip of the tongue. It is time to return you all back to your ship, the Jackalope. Dr. Flopsy, please, I need your help. Think hard of the present crew. With so many crew members here, it'll be hard to keep my thoughts in order. But I shall try. Thank you, Doctor. I have their image from your mind. It is time to return. Is everyone back in one piece? Yes, Captain, and I'm happy to say I do prefer being in this body. Less hardware to drag around. Same here, Captain. Ready to return to duty. I'm fine, Captain. Dr. Flopsy, your image of me was perfect, including my ears. I do enjoy the size and shape of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, everyone has seen your adventure. Could you please return to the bridge? On our way up, Helms, Captain. Your ship and all its crew will return back to your time and space. I did change one thing. You are orbiting above your home world now. Captain, we are orbiting over by above here command, and they are healing us. On our way. 
One last thing, Lieutenant Ears, you were right about these two stories being similar. You see, the spirits of both Charles Dickens and Charles Bunny What the Dickens Dickens are one and the same, as is the time frame. Captain, you and your crew helped complete their stories. By the way, have a Merry Christmas and a Merry Hamas, for you see, I'm the spirit of both. <laughs> Captain, here command has just granted the whole ship furlough for Amos Day. Thank you, Mr. McZucker. We are on our way to the bridge. I'll be there shortly. Need to stop by my quarters first. Captain's log. Hamus Eve. I'm not sure how to dictate this, except to start from the beginning. It began early this morning. Tracks, the Three Ghosts of Hamus was created and written by Captain John Tatterzak, CEO of Misfits Audio. Editing and post-production by James Magada. Webmaster, Captain John Tatterzak. In the cast were Alex Gilmore as Captain Peter Rabbit and Christmas Present. Bobby Owens as Lieutenant Tanya Ears and Christmas Past. Tom Chalker as Commander Thumper and Christmas Yet to Come. Jennifer Ann Scott as Dr. Flopsy, Bill Smagata as Omega and Marley, Dave McIver as Taddy McZacker, Joe Stofko as The Voice, Donnie Bowes as Ebenezer Scrooge, Michael Popill as Charles Dickens, Alexander Fellows as Tiny Tim. We are not affiliated in any way with Star Trek, or the estate of Charles Dickens. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your announcer, Bobby Owens, for Misfits Audio, copyright 2018. From the actors, writers, producers, and post-producers of Star Rapid Tracks, we would like to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a happy and prosperous New Year. What's your favorite version of A Christmas Carol? Comment below. Bless us, everyone.